Here we go. It is man, it's Thursday evening officially. And we're back at the house. So the only other interview I've done here right. is Tim Hilby. Okay. And Tim came over and I don't, do you, you know Tim? I know Tim well. So Tim, Tim came over. I don't know if he came straight from work, but he came with a, a six pack of St. Arnold's well. and we sat in here. He said in that chair. <laughs> I should have thought, thought of that first. Also. <laughs> and we drank St. Arnold's. Yeah, that would have been good. And I, and I think in there I mentioned at some point I felt like we were going to you know, get into a fight, maybe burn the house down. <laughs> It didn't quite degenerate to that. That'll make a successful yeah. interview then. Yeah, yeah. So I'm here. It's Thursday night. I'm here with Nick Ignatiev. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Well Those done. Russian classes well paid done. off for yeah. me. Thank you. Uh, Nick is the head coach at Bel Air High School. Head coach, right? Yes, sir. And I'm trying to think. I've known you probably back from the GHYLA days, mm -hmm. back when I was w helping whatever we were doing with GHYLA yeah. back then, trying to run GHYLA. Right. Um, and then also, I remember bumping into you when I was coaching Outlaws. Mm -hmm. I think you were coaching at Black. No. Is that right? No. For, for, for uh, Persian. 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 So I resurrected the Persian program. That's what it was. 2012. 2011, That's 2012. Right. So I think I ran into you there just as coaches. Yeah. Correct. That's right. And then some as summer, summer ball. So I did, did a couple of stints with Pearland for a summer team. Then the Cougars uh, High School, which we can talk about later on. So. Oh, I didn't know you did. Uh, you were in Pearland? With, with, well, I helped. So Sean Kelly was a good friend of mine. So uh, he was doing summer ball with Pearland, and I helped him from uh, during the middle school years. Oh, wow. All right. That's cool. Yeah. So we, we were talking before we, as usual, mm -hmm. talked for 20 minutes before I hit the record button. Um, you know, Nick and I were talking, and, and, and really my why I dragged him all the way out here to Tomball <laughs> to talk to me Um you know, we, 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 so far I've gone out and talked to the, the David Cones and the, the Rich Moses of the world with these big programs and a program like, you know, like Highland Park that's, you know, been successful for as long as they've been around, it seems mm -hmm. like, right? Right. And what's interesting about what Nick is doing, for those who don't know, and I don't know all the history, and Nick's going to help fill us in, is, you know, Bel Air, 10, 12 years ago, Bel Air straight up had a team. Sure. Right? Correct. And... There was a period of time between then and now where it, it suffered. I mean, I, I remember my son playing Bel Air, and I think there was a couple seasons where they went through a number of coaches, That's like right. in two seasons, yeah. right? And it it, it had kind of fallen on hard times. As, as I don't, I don't, I can't say as a result of that because I don't know what else was going yeah, on. Right. But the team itself was was suffering. Correct. Right? And I think what's interesting and, and and why I wanted to talk to Nick, I wanted to know that history because I'm always interested in the history. Sure. But I also wanted to uncover what you're doing at Bel Air, right? Because I know, I know that y'all are making progress at yeah, Bel Air. We are. Um, one of the things we talked about was the social media presence, mm -hmm. and I see it everywhere. And I know y'all are y'all are, you know, growing that team and growing that program. And then I wanted to, within that context, right, talk about THSLL and UIL and D1, D2, sure D3, thing. right? Because your perspective is going to be different straight up different Absolutely. than most of the folks I've talked to, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's what we were just talking about. I said, you know, the last thing I want to do is come on here, AFN people, and B, come off judgy, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, what you're doing is interesting, and, and I want people to hear about it. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, so tell me how you ended up, What? where did your, I hate, not going not gonna to say career, but where did your lacrosse life start, sure. right? Absolutely. Uh, I played, uh, so Bel Air and Lamar started a team in 1989. 
Way, so it was way back then. Was Vollmer around? Vollmer was then? was the Lamar coach? <laughs> so I played on the second <laughs> Bel Air team in 1990. Uh, so I played a year at Bel Air. Then I went to U of H uh, here in Houston and, and played uh, a year of beer league. Uh, so it wasn't very serious. Some some box too. And when it's 105 degrees, certainly you're like, yeah, I'll play some indoor box oh, yeah, in air yeah, conditioning. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, and then you know my stick sat dormant. I still have my old bucket helmet at the house. I got my old stick, and it, that sat dormant for a long time until my son and daughter went to Persian Middle School. And they picked up the sport of lacrosse. And parents approached me and said, we don't have a team at Pershing anymore. Can you resurrect it? And it was a way for me to be part of my kids' lives at a middle school level without being in their face or in the PTO or the student store or whatever it is. Uh, and so we resurrected the, the Pershing Middle School program. And per- then- Pershing, greatest mascot ever. Pershing, m- mighty panda. <laughs> I say the fighting panda, but it's the mighty panda also. So Persian panda, you're right. It's better than Lanier purple pup, and and that's you know I went to Lanier, so I can I can talk a smack about that. So um, uh, I, I remember the first time I ran across, I must have been at like a GHYLE meeting yeah. or, a, or the big scheduling fiasco uh-huh. that they used to have. Right. And I remember I think I saw somewhere I saw pandas. Yeah. I was like, like what the hell's that? <laughs> <laughs> they look cuddly, but they're ferocious. So uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it's all good. And then and then. Um, as my son graduated and moved to high school, I still coached Pershing and he was at Lamar. Um, and I created a Houston Cougar summer team as a inner loop, low cost local tournament option. You know, we're, we were only charging $350 for, for, for a three tournament oh, deal wow. to stay local. It was Austin, Dallas, and New Orleans. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I tell people going into Baltimore to tournaments there is an awesome middle cross experience, but not everybody can afford that. Not everybody can afford the dollars or the time. And so we gave that option. So as I coached the summer ball in high school levels and then went back to the middle school to Pershing in my area, uh, I was approached by Phil Cordova, who's now the president of Bel Air Lacrosse, and a couple other parents, and they asked me to take over the Bel Air program. And the first time they did it, I wasn't ready. I didn't want to abandon the Pershing program. Um, I am a Bel Air alum. Uh, it, it tugged on my heartstrings for them to ask me and for me to say no, because I wasn't ready to, to turn the Pershing program over. And then a year passed. I found some good assistant coaches to, to take over at Pershing, and it was time uh, to, to help to help Bel Air. Uh, you know, when, when Phil came to me and said, "Nick, if if you don't help us, we're in danger of folding the program." I didn't want to see my alma mater. What year was that? I'm trying so to. This would be my this be my third year. So that was 20, 19, 18, 17, 20, 2017 was the first. first All right. So that's coach. that's when my son graduated from school, and that's the. I think that. 16, 17 mm-hmm. time frame was kind of when I remember them. There was a number of coaches, I think, they yeah. burned through Before those two me, seasons. They, they right? sure did. And, you know, yeah. various reasons. Some, some guys start families, some yeah. guys, you know, whatever. Um, but but I'm in it to, to help grow the sport and use the sport to to really get these young young boys into young men and ready for, for, for college and life and beyond. So. How has how has Bel Air, the school, changed? So you went there, mm-hmm. graduated, sound like 90? 1990, 1990, yep. How has the school itself changed from then to now? Um, you or know, has it? I don't know that it has that much. Well, certainly it's being rebuilt. So they're tearing down the, the school now. Uh, I told you we lost our, our, uh, our fields. So we're paying for practice fields and, and, and home game fields. Um, it's, still, it's still very diverse from a student population standpoint. Still still rigorous academically. Um, still got uh, National Merit Honor students. I had two on my team last year. Um, that that uh, I had a lot of great, great smart kids. Um, but I don't think the school's changed that much. Still, still not okay. not easy school to, to be to be to be a part of from an academic standpoint. Right? You got to put your work in. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we got support from the administration for lacrosse. Um, so what does that mean? The, the, the principal's on board, but even better, the assistant principal uh, is our team sponsor. And uh, oh, wow. she, uh, I coached her son at Pershing. And I coach her son during the Cougars uh, summer team. And he's now at Lamar. So when we play against Lamar, I, we make sure to give him a couple extra hits when we see him. Uh, but her, son, her son's a good kid. But uh, having the assistant principal be a lacrosse parent is huge for us. Did, and that, that's a theme that, that I hit on a lot. Right? I hit on it with Taylor and some other folks. Mm-hmm. Taylor Brooks out of the mm-hmm. Tascacita is, you know, that relationship, right? You, you clearly have a relationship with that assistant principal. Absolutely. Right? And that's that's the foundation of the. It sounds like it's the foundation of the support for lacrosse at the school. Is that is that accurate? Or it, not? It's partly the second part is is Coach Kuntz is athletic director and head football coach at Bel Air. I make sure that he's fully aware that he's the man. He's the AD. We're a club sport. That if he says Nick, you can't practice today, then we're not practicing because it's his call. Um, if he says hey, st- when the field is wet, stay off the field. We stay off the field. If right. he gives us gym space, we'll take it. If not, you know, he, he's he's the final say. So I want to make sure that he's aware that we know it's his program and we're, we're a sport under his direction. Are you on a regular cadence with him where you go bring him donuts and coffee and talk about the Astros? Uh, you or? know, I, I don't. So because we're, we've lost a practice field, they actually bus over to Butler Stadium. The football team does in the morning before class for practices. So he's got a really weird schedule for practicing because he's trying to, you know, he has a football team to take care of and there's no field space to practice in, uh, which we can get into that. Why are the suburb schools so much better in sports in general? Well, you guys got a crap load of field space to, to just go walk onto and lights right. everywhere, and, you know, um, which we don't have that that luxury inside the loop. Yeah, yeah. all right. So the what was the gentleman's name that you mentioned? Who who sounds like he brought you over? Uh, Phil Cordova. So is is Phil still there? Yeah, he's the president of Bel Air Lacrosse. What's what's his history with? The, the team. I mean, does he just have a kiddo on the team, or does he is he a graduate as well? He's now on his third Bel Air lacrosse player. So he's got two. He's got three sons. All have played the Bel Air lacrosse. His oldest is at UT. His middle is a senior, and, and my number one player. Um, and and he we're in the discussions with. Do you go D two ish and play, or do you go to a big school which has great football team and play club ball? Right, so that's right. a whole side issue we're we'll talking about yeah, later yeah. on. But and his his third son, his youngest son is is a sophomore for me. So I've got three of his. I've coached three of his boys, right. and he he's in it for the long haul. He, he's an amazing guy. Um, one of the things he, that he said that sold me aside from my own mater, he said, "You coach, we'll take care of administrative crap. You don't deal with administrative." I said, "I'm sold," because yeah. at Pershing I did it all: scheduling, marketing, fundraising, recruiting. I mean, I was in the lunchroom with a sign up sheet getting kids to sign up to play lacrosse at Pershing. And so now I'm focused on coaching. I got great assistant coaches that I've pulled in and, and recruiting and the players are recruiting their asses off and they're doing a great job at it too. So when you say he's in it for the long haul, you know, the, the ideal situation for me, at least in my brain is mm-hmm. all, is the idea of having a corporate board, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, a board, hopefully small right? <laughs> of parents who don't have kids, sure. right? When you say he's in it for the long haul, do you think he's somebody that fits that bill and may after his cra- his kids graduate, maybe kind of, Feel that calling to continue to serve the sport, or do you think he'll move on? He's a type of guy that would do that. I don't know if he, you know, we're f- focused on the, you know this season and the next couple. Right. You know, since his son's a sophomore, we have Doctor Cordova yeah, around time, for, right? for three yeah, more yeah. years. Uh, but he's the type of guy. He's a great guy. He he would he would absolutely stay. You know, if that fits him and his family lifestyle kind of thing. Right. So gotcha. Yeah. So what? Um, so this would be your third season. Third season. Mm-hmm. All right. 
What's changed from your first season to, to this upcoming season? Um, I have more assistant coaches. I've reached out to a lot of alumni, not only Bel Air alumni, but just you know interloop alumni. I've got a I've got a young man who went to Lamar and UT coaching for me. I've got a, a my defensive coordinator played at Fort with Fort Bend Rangers and then and then played at U of H and is coaching for me now. So I've got a I don't have just the Bel Air connection. I've got the right. lacrosse connection and and um, um, second thing that's changed is we're recruiting big time. We're not the Woodlands in a sense that we don't have a youth program. We don't have a, a K through five and, and, and then a middle school and then high school. Um, and, and our biggest challenge is we're inside the loop, which means the best players from the area go to St. John's, St. Thomas, Kincaid, um, Strake. You know, you name your private schools, that's where they're Episcopal, that's where they're going first. Um, and then maybe Lamar, maybe Bel Air, but that's not an really. interesting challenge because I think traditionally, Whatever that means around here, that the the public school clubs mm -hmm. generally have those 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 feeders, mm -hmm. right? And you don't. So how are you tackling that? How well, are, are you are you as as a team? Are you going out into the community and and, and and trying to find those kids and get them engaged in the game? Or are you waiting until folks come to the high school and then and then try to get them involved? I'm doing both. So uh, we have feeders from from Pershing Middle School, from Pin Oak, and from Hylax. Oh, okay. That, that's a three. Right. That's our kind of feeder. It's not an official feeder like the Woodlands has their program right, start right. to finish. Um, those are the, the middle school teams in the area. Uh, I'm big on community outreach. Uh, so I have all my boys, we schedule a little cross clinic with each of the middle schools and, and I bring the entire team and we actually pair up one high school player to middle school player at this clinic, you know, Friday night kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We run, run the boys through the middle school boys through drills and just the energy is so awesome. Everybody's pumped. And then we do some 3v2s and everybody's cheering. And it's just an awesome atmosphere. So how frequently are you doing that? Is that something you've got a regular cadence for? Uh, we're, we've done that once per season per team. So once okay. with Pershing, once with Pinot, oh, once okay. with Halax. Okay. Um, and, and so I'd certainly like to do it more. But, you know, once is a start. Uh, yeah. Because, again, coaches have such little, such limited practice time. They don't necessarily want to give up. A practice to, but you know, we, we try to find a different day where we could schedule it and have that community outreach. And by default, that gets Bel Air in the minds of these players. And hey, we had a fun time. Coaching staff seems cool. Maybe I'd consider it as a as a as a school to go to because you can magnet in, you can transfer into high schools these days with HISD um, for public schools if you don't live in the area. So do you have? Do you foresee? I assume that there do all those schools, those middle schools that you just mentioned. Or junior highs, whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. Do those feed up into Bel Air? They feed into Bel Air and Lamar. Okay. But so, the players are going to private schools. Uh, I'd say 80% of the Pershing team went private this past year. Really? Mm hmm Wow. Yep. That's a completely different challenge than anybody very else. Much, right? Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really... So this year... I mean, each each year in that freshman class, in, in the last two, now this is your third year... Right. How many new players have you have you have you been able to find at the freshman level each year that are just straight up new players? We are we are fortunate that this year we have eighteen new players. Wow! So of the eighteen, uh, so new new to the team of the eighteen, four played middle school. So, so I've got, got fourteen never picked up a stick before in their life. So how did you get those fourteen? We're recruiting our asses off. So we've got posters around school. We've got flyers around school. We've got the social media presence, as you mentioned. Dr. Cordova is amazing. Uh, he's a chiropractor, by the way, hence me calling him Dr. Cordova. 
Um, free, know, free plug. Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> Core chiropractic, he'll help you out. I, if you I, got a tweak. <laughs> so I eat uh, too many Whataburger cheeseburgers, so I don't think he can help me with, with my issues there. Um, so he's amazing on the social media, uh, uh, all platforms, you know, it's Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook page. Um, all of our online registration is, or all our registration for players is all done online. Um, our stores online. The guy is, is, is a genius when it comes to, I mean, he's a genius in general, but he's, he's great when it comes to that. So we're recruiting and honestly, the players have to recruit. So our officers actually wrote a script and gave to all of our players on the team and told them, go ask your teachers for five minutes of time in class to stand up and tell the class about the team and we're recruiting. And when you hear a, a, a peer of yours in class talking about something cool, oh, maybe I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I'm not going to go, I can't go on campus every day and start trying to pull players in. It just doesn't, logistically doesn't work. And, you know, who wants a old guy skulking around campus all the time? And um, and I'm, <coughs> I make light of it, but but really, if you hear your friends talking about it, you're naturally going to want to join. Yeah, and, it's more and powerful. We, right? And we just got a lot of guys showing up. Wow. So uh, what does the, the team do to support those new players, right? So those guys coming in, do you have an inventory of sticks and equipment, right? Mm -hmm. Or... Or are you relying on maybe, does the team subsidize that? Or, or are you just relying on folks going out and getting their own equipment from the get-go? Uh, all the above. The first thing we did was because we were hit hard by Hurricane Harvey, the school got flooded, people lost their houses, um, we lost equipment, the team did. And so we, we uh, submitted a, a proposal, an application to U.S. Lacrosse, and we got, we got a grant. So they sent us equipment down to replace what we lost. So that was cool. Uh, the second thing is we also submitted a, uh, for a grant to help an inner-city uh, you know, inner inner city youth program, high school program, and they they, they helped us there, and we go out and fundraise. So both of, both of those were U.S. lacrosse, mm -hmm. correct? That's interesting because yeah. one of the things I, I run into a lot is I, I just don't hear a lot about U.S. lacrosse locally and what they're doing. Well, right? You know, Taylor had an example of, of how U.S. lacrosse had helped them, right? And same story, yeah. right? I mean, he reached out to them and, mm -hmm. and got them involved, and and clearly you did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, we had to reach out. Yeah. It was definitely way proactive on our part. And we even invited one of the U.S. lacrosse reps down and drove him around and showed him the neighborhoods that were had debris still from the heart from from a hurricane and and so he saw firsthand saw our, our half field that we paid twelve grand for, uh, for practice, uh, you know he saw that and yeah they, they helped us out. So you have you have subsidies equipment whatever it takes right mm -hmm. you're you're covering all those bases. We're, we're fundraising our, our butts off, um, uh, and you know and I'll I'll give this tidbit of information to their other coaches. We do this thing called the walkabout. So we don't do car washes, we don't do bake sales, because that's just we don't do spirit nights. It it doesn't yield a lot of money. We have our our boys divide, come out with with the Beller Lacrosse gear on. We have a little sheet of paper, and they go in the neighborhood and they pair up in twos and threes and they walk door to door, and they actually ask, say, hey, we're raising money for our team. Here's why. Can you donate? And we'll raise a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred dollars in two hours. Really? Just by walking around, being respectful, being part of the community. And talking about what we're doing and why we're doing it, and people donate. That's the biggest bang for the buck, right it there, right? It really is. I mean, we were making $114 on a spirit night at a restaurant, which, you know, we want to support the restaurant, don't get me wrong, but it just, it, for all the Doesn't effort, pay off. at all. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're faced with an $18,000 um, budget issue on day one for practice fields and game fields. We got to make that up ASAP. Yeah. So, the, you'd mentioned the school was damaged in Harvey. Mm -hmm. Right, it sounds like maybe that's where some of the f the field issues have, have popped up right now. Is that accurate? Well, the the school's being rebuilt. Okay. Uh, and you know, 
the building that was there two years ago is the one I went to, however many, 30 years ago. Um, so it needed to be rebuilt. Um, and the, the, the practice field was, was taken over because of construction. Uh, but even still, the, the practice field wasn't wasn't the best condition. We were grateful for it because it was free right. uh, and didn't have lights. And we had to have generators and lights and all that stuff. Um, so was it, was the field, it didn't have lights. Was was it secured? Was it gated? Uh, it was gated to so some it was, extent. It was, it was property you had to ask permission to use. Correct, yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. And they were okay with that? Yeah, well, yeah, be, being a club team, the, the our, our team sponsor is, is uh, Mrs. Bergen. She's assistant principal at, at uh, Bel Air. So she is uh, an amazing resource. Uh, not only is she a sponsor of our team, she looks out for the boys. Uh, no pass, no play is our rule, just like any other, other UIL sport. And she focuses on making sure the boys are taking care of their, their, their job in the classroom. She helps them. And going through her and then Coach Kuntz, our athletic director, we make sure that we're in line with his policies and his schedule and all that. So, uh, yeah, they've been a, a huge help for a, again, club sport. So with the, the loss of that field, we talked a little bit earlier, what, what the loss of access to that field, what, what has that meant to you? We had no place to practice. And we, we, we looked at, at fields across the city. Uh, you know, we even thought about renting the Dynamo field off 288 and the airport. And, yeah. and I'm thinking, are these high school kids going to get in a car or, or carpool, whatever, and drive 30 minutes of traffic to go to practice? They won't. So we made the decision. St. Thomas Episcopal is right there in Myerland. Uh, you know, great school, great people, and, and we're renting the field from them. And our boys can walk from Beller High School, you know, whatever, six, eight blocks to the field. It's a half a field, but it's got lights, and it's close, so we're grateful for that. Yeah. So, But we have to pay. It's 12 grand a year to pay just for a half field. Yeah, it's, we, and we were talking about that, too, before. You know, that, that struck me you know, very similar, I think, to, to Klein, mm-hmm. which one of their biggest line items in their budget is just – practice field that's right you know they, they've got to get coaches mm-hmm. coaches who have real jobs so right. coaches have to come late right and that leads you to you've got to make decisions Nighttime about practice. practice fields and lights exactly right right um and that and that costs big time yeah, so you're, you're you're paying for practice field and you're also paying you said i think hbu correct so our home games are at hbu houston baptist university uh over 59 it's an amazing state it's a you know they're they're a d1 football uh school uh, it's a it's a D one football stadium uh, turf. Uh, it's awesome. So that's about six grand for for the year for for home games. Um, Is there an opportunity to have games at? At Bel Air, and I don't know what the facilities are like at this point at Bel Air, but is there an opportunity to have games at the high school? Or yeah, not? once the building gets rebuilt okay. and everything, I think it's another two years till the school is finally rebuilt. Um, you know, Lamar's a year ahead; they're, they're rebuilding their school as well, um, but they've got a little more land. Their footprint's bigger, so they've got more field space. We just have that one, um, and, and of course, the Bel Air baseball is king uh, first, and then and then football second. So, um, but yeah, we should be able to have hopefully field space once the construction ends. And is, does the field space, both for games and practice, I assume that's probably your single biggest, biggest budgetary line item too, right? It, it, it is. <laughs> uh, it is. You know, we also provide team helmet, team bag, and uniforms for players. So that's a, that's a, that's a big oh, line wow. item as well too. All right. Um, that's wrapped into the to the dues. Um, you know, and we have players who 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 can't afford the dues, and and I want to make the sport available for everybody. So we will go out and fundraise. We will get donations. We will get scholarships. We will have uh, people sponsor players. I do reach out to our alumni, and we have some significant contributions coming in from our fellow Bel Air Lacrosse alumni. So um, it's huge, but you have to have that connection to the community and 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 to the sport, also. So yeah, the um, we talked before we started recording about the the word rebuilding, mm-hmm. right? And. Luckily, you weren't offended by my no. use of the word. Right. <laughs> I mean, 
in that rebuilding process that you're in right now at Bel Air, I mean, do you, you're a pretty organized guy, right? Do you have like a five-year plan maybe in your brain or written down somewhere that says, okay, I'm in year three of my five-year plan and, 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 and we're on track and here are the, here are the things we're going to accomplish the next two years as part of this rebuilding? Yeah, I certainly have a plan. Um, it's fairly formalized. The biggest thing is recruiting. I, we don't have that pipeline of players coming in uh, like other programs do. So the first thing is reaching out and having that outreach to the community, get the middle school players to come to Bel Air. Second thing is 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 I, my time at Pershing really has allowed me to to create players from scratch. I do a really good job of taking the kid who's never thrown a ball with a lacrosse stick and actually turning him into uh, a decent lacrosse player for having, having never played. Uh, so I attribute my, my success now with, with brand new guys from my, my middle school years because at Pershing, every sixth grader had never heard of the sport. So right. uh, it was starting from scratch every year at, at the middle school level there. Do you find yourself in, in those situations, do you have the opportunity, the time, good fortune or bad fortune, mm-hmm. I don't know, to to spend with like small groups or one-on-one outside the context of practice or the regular season, do you, do you find yourself rounding up these three or four boys, you know, who've never, never played and never thrown the ball, right. And spending time just, just with those kids and working out with those boys. Um, I, I, I don't with those boys from a lacrosse perspective, I do focus on getting everybody together for life events, right? It's about team bonding, right. team building, um, I push our boys, and we have we have player officers, so they run they run the team. We have a booster club that runs the financials and, and the, the marketing piece. But I push my player officers to get everybody together. We're by far the most diverse team in the city. We've got players from all over, all kinds, all shapes and sizes, uh, in all backgrounds, and that's awesome. I love that. So lacrosse brings all these players together that would probably would never have 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 been part of the same social group in high school. And I really push them to do things together outside of the sport, outside of practice. Um, and have, have you run into situations yet where that diversity and you telling them, hey, guys, outside of the context of this team and this practice and these games, get together and do stuff. Have you run into issues where that's been a problem? Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm grateful for the fact that those guys all get together. You know, they go out to eat after a game. They'll have poker night. They'll just do, just do stuff together. And that's all I ask for. Is that, and I assume all that is different than, you know, four years ago. Absolutely. Right? So uh, we're, we're definitely, it's a culture change for us. And, you know, there was certainly some, some growing pains the first year I was coaching. I had to undo some things and, and make some changes, you know, from a discipline, from a structure standpoint, uh, from a, here's how we're going to run things as a Bel Air program. There were casualties in that, I'm sure, right? uh, You know, th- there were. And um, I, I, um, we're at a point where we accept everybody to the team. I actually don't have tryouts, but I will absolutely cut somebody for disciplinary reasons. And we have a list of things that they need to do, and if they don't follow some of those things, then, then is that list is that a formal list, and oh, they're yeah. aware of it and it's mm-hmm. distributed. It's a, it's a code of conduct type of thing. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, allow any type of physical, verbal bullying. Uh, certainly, no drugs, alcohol. You're off the team. Um, no pass, no play. If you can't get your grades up, I mean, I t- my quote is: "You're a student first, lacrosse player second. And I, I preach that all the time. If they can't get their act together, then they don't need to be... If they can't get their act together in school, they, they don't need to be focusing on, on other things. Get that done first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Well, and I had that discussion with somebody yesterday. They were The question was, 
you know, balancing mm -hmm. athletics and, you know, you've got a kid that's struggling academically as a coach, you know, how do you handle that? And, you know, my answer was probably similar to yours, mm -hmm. which is it's all part of the same package. Right. right. You know, I'm, I'm not just interested in just the lacrosse piece, right? I'm interested in the kid, yeah. right? And if he's struggling in school, my, I've got to figure out how to help him. Sure. Right. And, and here's the thing is I use lacrosse to teach life lessons. Um, so I, I it, players are late to, to the practice for whatever reason, it's a hundred yard bear crawl and nobody likes doing bear crawls. And, and why, <laughs> why, why, why do that? Because if you're habitually late to a class in college, your professor could kick you out. If you're habitually late to, to a job, you can get fired. And I want to, to them to understand those kinds of rules now, uh, using lacrosse and, um, you know, back to the point about helping kids from an academic standpoint, the fact that the assistant principal is our team sponsor, she actually goes out of her way and sets up tutoring schedules for our boys who need it. Oh, wow. We have National Merit Honor students on the team that are required to give tutoring as part of their package. And they're setting up tutoring sessions with their own teammates. And we have film sessions, you know, when it's raining or whatever, we'll watch film. For the first hour, we'll watch film. The second hour, it's study hall. The whole team will do a study hall together. And guys have questions, they raise a hand, and somebody goes over. I said, okay, who knows science, who knows math, calculus, whatever, algebra, and they know who to go to. And it's That's focusing awesome. on the academics. Yeah, it's not yeah. just X's and O's on the field. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, the, we talked a little bit earlier about the UIL, you know, the, the, the great Twitter war right. that has popped up on Twitter in the last four days with mm -hmm. you know, literally tens of people <laughs> who are passionate about yep. this crazy subject. The, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, right? Again, you know, the school is in a rebuilding phase. You've got a decent relationship with the administration, mm -hmm. right? You know, what, what, what is your perspective on being a sanctioned school sport? Good, bad, what are the impacts, right? I, I think, like we talked about earlier, I think everyone's looking for, oh, it's good, and here's the one reason or two mm -hmm. reasons, or here's bad, and here's why. Right. It's a little more subtle than that, right? Uh, agreed. Um, I'm not sure, let me back up. If it becomes a UIL sport and required to be, coaches are required to be faculty members, then as you mentioned in your in your previous podcast with Cone, 90% of the coaches are done. So you gotta you gotta account for that somehow. I think I think coach uh, said a waiver or something, right. but um, that's the first issue. There's there's definitely not, it's a hard enough time getting good lacrosse coaches now, and we're a club sport, right. and then I couldn't imagine finding some that are that are actually employed by the school districts. Um, we go out and have to fundraise just because we have to. So you know I don't know will will there be less fundraising because we have a field? Well. We'll have to share the field with soccer and track and cross country and you know football in the fall. I mean, to your point, I mean Bel Air is field constrained. Absolutely. Period. Period. Yep. Right. Not in the spring. Nope. Not for lacrosse. Nope. Just period. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and, and that's not going to change. Not at all. And again, at Bel Air High School, you know, baseball is one of the top sports. So they take precedent. Football certainly has the field, and then you know soccer comes in the spring. So yeah, we're we're definitely fifth, sixth fiddle or, or bottom of the totem pole kind of thing. And so... Um, How do you think that plays out for a, a school that's landlocked like that, right, and field constrained? I mean, how does that play out when you, you if, if, if you were add add another sanctioned sport that requires field space? Are you going to be there in the mornings before school? Are you, are you there late in the evenings? How, how do you think I, that plays out? I, I'd push for, for some sort of uh, us being allowed to, to practice elsewhere off-site. 
you know, we're doing it now. Yeah. Why, why change that? Um, if that means going to raise another twelve thousand dollars every year, then then we'll do it. That's because we're just used, we're just accustomed to that. So you know, is it a benefit to go UIL? You know, I, I don't know. We're 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 scrapping and fundraising every year anyway, so we're just used to it. Right. Um, we don't have massive fields that we can. So now that we think it out loud, if we become a UIL sport, could I as Bel Air go to one of the thirty different HISD stadiums and fields or however many there are. I don't know. It's quite a bit. You know, why can't we go to Butler Stadium and practice there? That's right. just 10 minutes down the street. And there's a full, full sports complex. So maybe, but then, you know, got to drive 20 minutes there. Yeah, it's all about those trade-offs. Right? Yeah, so I don't know that I answered your question. I, I, no, no, I, there's I'm, not an answer to the question, man. I'm, I'm okay with it how it is now because we're making it work. You know? right. And if they tell me that I can't coach because I'm not a faculty member, I can't give up my consulting job and become a teacher or just I got kids in, in college that I got to take care of and all that. So yeah, there's going to be, you know, you, you referred to that waiver. I think I heard someone refer to it in Georgia as the, 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 the Georgia, I don't know what the, the Georgia exception mm-hmm. or something like that, where there was some period of time where, you know, the, the two or three or four years of overlap there, right. Right. Where the, where the coaches were allowed to hang on, train up the other coaches, then hand it off right, and then move on. Yeah, that would, I, I, I wouldn't like that because then that would mean I can't coach my alma mater anymore. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, talk about the your social media mm-hmm. presence and the impact that's had on recruiting specifically, but then also with the impact it's had on the boys, right? Which is weird, but... I mean, let's be honest, it's 2019 mm-hmm. and shit like that matters, Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> uh, social so, media is is a huge part of our program. Number one, it's a great marketing tool. And, and again, Phil Cordova does an amazing job with that. Um, it is so easy for me to, to take a post or a tweet or something and forward it to the officers. And they forward it via text to their guys. And then everybody's posting it. And all of a sudden, our post is, is, is put on everybody's page or Snapchat or Instagram or all the above, and then it gets spread out that way. And, um, you know, we say, hey, post this on your story so people can see. And it's, you know, here's our game game time where, hey, we're looking for six new players or meet us here for, for wall ball workout or we're all going to go run, you know, get a workout in over here. Or um, hey, yeah, y'all, y'all do a great job, and we talked about with the social media. Yeah. That I was curious how it was, just what you're talking about, which was how it was organized, right? So do you, do you have... You know, everybody can can capture content, and you feed that back to yep. Mr. Cordova, yeah. and then he generates correct the, he, the, the the platform specific content. Cor- correct, right? yeah. Okay, and we'll even use uh, social media to uh, thank our sponsors. Um, you know, when they donate money, businesses donate money, we we, we post online to, to thank them as well. So there's a, a bit of a, a bonus for them from a marketing standpoint yeah. on the social media, uh, and again recruiting. Pl- students see their friends playing and see, seeing their friends playing a cool sport and they want to join. It's, it's been huge. Has there been any negative impacts? Um, because Lamar is our rival school, there's been uh, Twitter wars and, and Instagram wars between players on both sides. And, uh, you know, I had to tell a few of my players to cut out. And because my son actually went to Lamar, uh, I coached against my son twice uh, last couple of years. So um, it was... 
and, and, you know, most of Lamar team, I coached him in middle school and the summer team. So I know all those boys, great boys, but I had to tell both sides to knock it off. So Volmer coached you and your kids. So Volmer coached at Lamar, but I was at Bel Air when I was. Oh, okay. School. Yeah. So, right. so we played against Volmer. Um, it was the same difference. Yeah, man. but yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yep. And of course, you know, that means I went to coach Volmer. I said, coach, if you need to, to, to beat the crap out of my son, you have the green light. Go ahead. All right. So you're my end. So if you look on my list, Volmer's on my list on yeah. my whiteboard. Uh-huh. I haven't been able to track him down. He, he's not replying to emails. Well, so he's, now I've got he's my retired, end. but he's a busy guy. Don't forget. Because oh, he's, he's retired. I didn't know he was retired. Yeah, he retired from HST. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. So you're officially my end. All right. I got for, you. For Volmer. Yeah. He, he's he's a great guy. He and I have kind of banded together this year to try to help the, the inner loop, uh, inner, inner city middle school programs with lacrosse and try to get them up. So what what are y'all doing there? What well, again, we we're we're doing the the outreach. We want to do a combined um, uh, Bel Air Lamar outreach lacrosse to team that schools that don't have it. You know, help them help them get started and have these clinics at the middle schools that have teams and and just you know. And those it sounds like those aren't even necessarily your feeder schools. We're just talking about schools in the city, correct? Exactly. In, in you know inner loop. I say inner loop, but it's inside the city kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he and I are also on the. Um, on the committee at GHYLA as part of the this new re, rebuilding piece. So we're trying to help out. Um, and they've asked us as high school coaches to, to handle the game slash rules slash waiver decisions because we are in high school. We don't have an emotional connection to the team or the player or whatever that we're, those decisions are being made by oh, emotional okay. decisions are being made by emotional people. Back we're we're going to go off on a tangent yeah. all of a sudden here. So, we're going to go off on a GH sure. yeah. tangent. Sorry. No, I apologize okay. ahead of time. No, no. No, no apologies. So, I, the, honestly, the last information I had about GHYLA mm-hmm. was uh, somebody sent me a text and said, oh, my God, did you hear what happened? Mm-hmm. And it was, I guess there was an election. Nobody ran. Then right. there was some question whether it was going to exist. I think there was even some teams who left. Correct. Right? Yep. So, what's, it sounds like you're involved with GHYLA to some extent. Uh, to some extent, so yeah. What's what's the current state of well, it? Well, there, there are some teams that have left. There still is a GHY group, um, and uh, they're still scheduling and coordinating games as they used to. And and you know, there are some teams that are still playing others, even though they're not in GHYLA. Um, but again, they've asked us five or six high school coaches to help them from an executive council. I don't, I don't remember the exact name, but from an executive standpoint to help with some of the lacrosse decisions. Uh, you know, waivers being one of them. Um, there was there was a lot of issues with players wanting to transfer teams because they didn't like the coach or whatever. And, right. You know, and THSLL is, is pretty strict about that kind of thing. And Warrensby here in Houston, you know, he, he has his rules, and, and I understand that. And um, THSLL, uh, sorry, GHYLA, I don't know, did a good job of, of, of the waiver process before, but... You had some parents making decisions that um, about the players, maybe their own kids, whatever. Uh, in this case, we're we're removed from the from the front lines and can make a lacrosse based decision. Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That waiver discussion and boundary discussion is as old as time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Tell me about the role of your assistant coaches, right? So you've talked about a lot of cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what their role is in that cultural stuff. But I'm also curious what you're doing to developing coaches because mm-hmm. that's part of your role as a head coach, Correct. right? Correct. And maybe, you know, well, I'll, I'll stop there because I yeah. know I'm going to have more questions. Sure thing. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have, I've got five assistant coaches on staff this year. Wow. Uh, and uh, now there are two full-time 
and what that means is they can make every single practice that they've they've uh, they've graduated uh, college uh, and are working. They can make every single practice. So there is three of us as core. Then I have another three that are part time coaches that can help out based on their schedules. And that's you know once once or twice a week kind of thing. So those coaches did did the board give you a framework or basic requirements to hire a coach, and you went out and found those coaches, or did the board go out and make those find those coaches? And do they make co- decisions about your assistant? The board coaches? said we have a a a coach's stipend line item in the budget, and you have some dollars you can go pay your coaches from a stipend standpoint. Not not a lot, but some, uh, and go out and find coaches. So they let they let you do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I assume you're responsible for hiring, firing, discipline, developing coaches, Correct. the whole shebang. Correct, absolutely right. That's and, awesome. And, and yes, I, I I definitely want to to build them into future head coaches. Uh, if that's what they want. Uh, but really, as you all know from coaching, we as coaches learn from our players. And m- m- my guys have all, my coaching staff, they've all played in high school and in college. In fact, they've got more on-field experience playing than I do, which is great because I can't do it all myself. I rely yeah. on those younger guys. And in the end, when they say, oh, you don't believe me, player so-and-so, let me grab my gear and let me show you. And they suit up, and they run, and they run with our boys. And I'm like, you should have kept your mouth shut, otherwise, coach wouldn't have put his gear on. Uh, So that is awesome that they teach them, but then they can also show them at the same time. And uh, you know, one of the big things is uh, is we don't we don't curse at our practices, and uh, that's not because I'm um, whatever. It's because I believe you play like your practice. So if everybody's just dropping F-bombs in practice, then what do you do in a game when a ref makes a bad call? You drop an F-bomb and now you're out. Right. Uh, so so what, when, I, when I bring up the cursing thing is it, it's it's a, we're not here to tear players down. Uh, we run the heck out of them. We discipline their push-ups, their sprints all the time uh, You know when they're not listening. But our, our goal is to build them up and push them to places where they don't think they can go, but we know they can go. So to get them and get them ready for the next level for college and, 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 you know, life after college. So with, so six coaches, Mm -hmm. including yourself, Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, the state of affairs here is, you know, no one's a full-time coach. They're all part-time coaches with that many coaches with that many different jobs, two of which, or no, two or three of which of those coaches aren't even paid. How hard is it to get everybody together from a coaching staff perspective once a week or however frequently it, it is and, and, and plan? It, it, is, it, is, it is pretty tough. Um, we'll, we'll do a lot of uh, planning by text. We'll, we'll do some planning you know, face-to-face after practices. Um, uh, but again, we're still trying to develop players. And whereas you know, some of the advanced programs, they're, they're trying to, to implement a new scheme or a new technique or a new play. Right. I'm just trying to get these guys to catch and throw with consistency. Right. So, um, you know, during practices, we'll have, we'll do stations and I'll have coaches where we can divide up into different skill set and stations, but I'll take the new guys uh, over so that, that we can work on their core skills while the advanced players can work on, on, on more advanced things. So um, it is tough, but um, the guys I have are doing it for the good of the sport. They want to grow the sport. They want to teach these boys. Um, again, they get a little bit of money, not a lot, and they have to have a, a full-time job. But um, I appreciate the effort that they give. And these coaches show up, and they do it with love and compassion and care and 
hard assness. I mean, they'll 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 give our players the business when they need to. So are any of your thing. coaches playing men's league? Do I know uh, any? Yeah, of them? yeah, most of them. So so Kyle Tolstrup is my defensive coach. Uh, he played at U of H and is I think playing for Tony's. Um, okay. And then um, um, uh, Coach Murph played at uh, Missouri, so he's finishing up his degree here in Houston. And, and I don't know if he's playing summer summer ball or not. Uh, Jake's Jake Terrell and Jake Griffin. Both Beller alumni, they're, they're they may be playing for Tony's as well. Um, and then Michael Stallerow played at Lamar and at UT, and he's. Uh, it's a shame to see all your coaching staff playing for Tony's. Well, you know, I, I, I say teams. I think that. Come on. I say that. You know, I I am just focused on their their getting them to to, to Bel Air practice. What they do after that, that that's on their time. So. So let's talk about the great D one, D two, D three debate. Yes, sir. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've certainly been critical of THSLL, and I've been I've been critical of some teams because mm-hmm. I think there's teams that are misusing this. Yep. And I and, and I'm and you may disagree with that statement, no, which is cool. I, I, I agree. Um, and you know, this year's a great example. You know, you get seven lakes dropping down, mm-hmm. right? You, you you see teams falling down the ladder. You almost never see teams getting back up the ladder. Yeah. Right? If you start from the assumption that D1 is the most competitive, right? Right. Well, that's, that's where everybody wants to mm-hmm. be, I would hope. Sure. Right? That's, that's where you want to be. Yeah. But I, I, I just feel like I don't see people try, trying to get there. I feel like a lot of times it's almost a race to the bottom. Right? So disagree with me if you want, which is yeah, cool because sure, I want to sure, hear it. Sure. But I also want to hear how Bel Air ended up at D3 mm-hmm. and when, and I'm willing to bet you've got a plan. Yep. Right, so so, if 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 your intention is to not misuse it, so to speak, right, and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you know what, what what's what's the plan, right, and and, and is it important? Is it, and I guess I guess should start with that. Is it important? It, it definitely right? is, it definitely is important. So I schedule games. So we're D three now. Um, this is our first year. We'll have a full JV squad. So last year we had a JV squad. Uh, we had several guys academically ineligible, so we only played a couple of JV games. We hadn't had a JV team in four or five years. Oh wow! At Bel Air. Okay. And that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't feel disgustful varsity team if I don't have a good JV team. Right. And so I'll schedule team games against D2 teams because we want to get there. You know, to get better, you got to play the best, right. the better. Um, you know, uh, I'll pause. So I know that, that Staub wants to go D1, you know, with his, with his program in, in, uh, in Pearland. And I'm, I know Taylor wants to go D1 with Tascacita. I mean, there's guys who want to want to make it up there. I, I don't... I don't know the, the, the details and politics and involved and how to move up, but I know guys want to move up. So again, we want to move up to D2 and eventually move up to D1. And that's a lofty goal, but we're in it for that. Right. And so um, I, I schedule D2 games because I want to have, um, you know, nobody likes the 18 to, to one game, either side. It's so drag, um, so I, I schedule appropriate games and, and there are some D3 games that, that, uh, that I, I have to make sure we play respectfully also because we've got some decent players and, right. and pretty disparage uh, pretty big disparaging um what i'm trying to say there's a wide range uh, on d3 but we we can make d2 in in, in a couple of years if we keep recruiting and keep getting players who with skills or experience i should say to, to come to bel air is that your plan that's a plan yeah. yeah i mean we were actually all set to go d2 this year given the 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 rumor was you spent two or three years in d3 you got to move up that was the, you know, rubber stamp. Got to do it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's the rules, and we'll do it. And we we're gonna take our lumps. We we're gonna do it, you know. And then everything fell apart, and here we are. I'll still schedule D two games. I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, and that's it's interesting you mentioned Mike Staub because I thought you know, again D two program mm-hmm. his schedule last year was killer. Yeah, I mean killer. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, he's a guy who wants to play frankly fewer district games so he can go play more D one teams, yeah. right? And I think Pearland's season last season is is, is proof. Yeah, he played a really rigorous schedule. And by the time playoffs rolled around, mm-hmm. man, he was ready to go, right? Yeah. Yep. That, that team was playing. Yeah, they were. Right? Absolutely. Um, is there anything, I mean, that, that, that D1, D2, D3, you know, they, we all are aware of the, you know, Blake's proposal, mm-hmm. the, the coach's proposal. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw a couple, at least, other ideas out there floating around, right? right. THSLL had their version. Right. Right? I mean, are, are you of the opinion that what we've got is working good enough for now? Or is, is this whole D1, D2, D3 thing, is it, is it outlived its usefulness? Is it, is, it, is it serving a benefit for you? I, I'm okay because if, if we were forced to go into D2 this year and play all those guys, there are some, some teams we match up okay with and some we get blown out. Right. We just don't have the depth. That, and the, it starts with the youth program. Right, Woodland's youth runs the same offense defense in second grade. He's doing fifth grade. He's doing ninth grade. He's doing twelfth grade. We don't have that. And again, as I mentioned, the private schools in our area and the loop are taking all the players lately. Take I shouldn't say that the players are choosing to go private school for high school, um, and that so that removes those players from from Bel Air and Lamar, um, and we're stuck with with not a lot of kids. You know, so so having having divisions based on on size of school and number of, of players or number of students that doesn't work because Bel Air and Lamar are the two largest schools in the city, right? You know, and uh, we've got the smallest programs. Again, and, no no feeder. And and the and the the inverse of that is, you know, when it, with with Blake's proposal, the the coach's proposal. Mm-hmm. The more and more I looked at that, the more and more I felt like, over time, I thought that would create. A private school division, mm-hmm. right? Because what's a private school? Small, yep, right. And it's going to stay small, right? <laughs> it's it's not going to grow. Mm-hmm. So you, you would over time end up with a, a private school division and one or two public school divisions, yeah, but, right? But again, they offer whatever they do, scholarships or whatever they call it, right. to get to get kids to come to their private school, and you know they can offer a great middle school across player to come to private school. Yeah. We can't do that at public school. Now, I can offer a crap load of playing time, and I, you know, I play freshmen on varsity all the time. Now, they've got decent skills, and you know one thing is, come to Bel Air, and you get some good playing time. Right. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We're going to be playing tough teams, uh, but in the end, we're going to finish our games. The other team's going to go, man, those guys battled hard. So it's all about effort for us. We may not have the stick skills, but we'll, we'll definitely put in the effort. Have you put your schedule together for this season We're yet? getting there, close. Cool. I'll be curious to we're see good, what's going on. So we're definitely playing Lamar the the Friday after spring break. That's kind of our thing. Uh, so every year, you know, Lamar Bel Air game. And um, I didn't realize. I now I know, right? I didn't realize that was the thing. Right. But now I know there's some history with Absolutely. you and Balmer, right? Absolutely. And so I, that, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and listen, he he's the godfather of lacrosse in Texas. He's been coaching since 1989. Um, he's you know he he's he's forgot more lacrosse than I ever know. Um, but I, I go to him, uh, you know, we, we are rival teams, but I go to him with questions and, and advice and help. And, you know, my Cougar summer team, I've, I had this past summer, I had 75 boys signed up from 
I want to say 17 different programs across Texas and two out of Louisiana. And I had really? nine, nine coaches. And the coaches coached for free. You know, awesome. and it's about getting the sticks in the boys' hands. And we went to Brown Rock, we went to Plano, we went to Amandaville or New Orleans. And by June, whatever, twenty third, we were done, which is awesome for everybody. You know, uh, that's awesome. How long has? I know you mentioned this earlier, but the, the Cougars. How long have they been around? Uh, this can be our fifth year. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, that's longer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I started because. My, my son graduated middle school, so I was no longer coaching him. And he and his buddies were all in high school, and they wanted to play summer ball. And you know we weren't going to pay four grand to go to East Coast. And so we started our own local local team. And, and honestly, back then, it was there, was there was the Hurricanes, there was the Hounds, there was 291, there was, uh, I think, before 3D was somebody else. You know, so there's all these club teams, and it was it's right. pretty expensive. It's very expensive. And, and it got to be a bit... Um, Oh, only these three team high school teams can play on this club team, summer team. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. And I started a summer team. I was like, yeah, I don't care where you're from. You want? I don't care what your skill set is. Come on, we'll help you out. I Matt, mean, honestly, I've I've known I've said this a lot, but my boys, I tell them in the off season, go get coaching from somebody else mm-hmm. other than me. Right. And when you learn something cool, absolutely. <laughs> Yep. Come back yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. And, and this past summer, I, I had the JV teams. That's That was a sophomore team. Uh, so we had a freshman team, a sophomore team, and a junior, senior team. And I took the sophomores, um, you know, selfishly because uh, a lot of those boys I coached in middle school when they were fifth graders. Um, and then secondly, it allowed me to, to work on players that I know I'll have around, at least Bel Air and other, player, other teams, for, for several years. Um, and uh, our varsity team did very well, uh, and the freshman team—they were all mainly rise. They're all rising ninth graders, you know. This past summer, so it was there. You know, they got the cherry popped. It was their time to play high school ball, which is way different than middle school ball. And yes, that first game, that first term, they were like, "Holy crap! What the hell is this?" And by the end of the summer, their their skills, their confidence, their it was it was night and day. It was awesome. Do y'all do? Uh, do you play in the fall too? No. The Cougars play no, in the fall, so no, no. it's just I'm focused summer. on Bel Air in the fall. Okay. Uh, and I've had a lot of people ask for for Cougars fall ball. I just I'm focused on a school team. I don't. I don't what are y'all play. doing for Bel Air in the fall? Uh, well, we have practices, and I'm doing scrimmages with with different different teams. You know, different Houston teams. So when did you start your practices? Uh, for the fall? September twenty something, whatever. Second oh, wow. third week of September. So you've been at it for a month already. I have. I have. Uh, but again, I have to because I got guys who've never played before. Yeah, yeah, and that fall, do you pack some some pretty good scrimmages in the fall too? Yep, definitely scrimmages in the fall. Um, you know, we would do the sevens tournament. We do the mudslinger, although it's changed dates. Uh, and one cool thing is we partner with Texas A&M Galveston because they've got a club team down yep. there. And I, I take my entire Bel Air team down for a weekend, and the A&M Galveston team coaches my boys, my high school boys, with a whole weekend clinic. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, so it's a team bonding. So do they stay down there? Yeah, so we get a big hotel because they, they don't have dorm rooms because class is in session. We get a big hotel. The players stay. You know, coaches are there. So we're doing bed checks and all that. And, uh, you know, all day Saturday we go through drills. The college boys run the high school, my high school boys through drills. Uh, and then we have a scrimmage after lunch with, with the college team. We'll you know, throw sticks in the middle and divide up. And it's just an awesome learning experience because the college players are teaching the, the high school guys. So they learn. Yeah, yeah. And then it's team bonding. And then it's, it's a weekend away. And it's not that expensive. It's Galveston, right? It's a fifty-minute van yeah, van ride. So it was. It's an awesome uh, lacrosse event 
that you know we thought about going to play a San Antonio team or Austin team during you know for a weekend, but and that cost is the same. We just felt it was better camaraderie team building wise and skills building wise too. And is that something y'all are going to continue to yep, do? Absolutely, it's going to be our second year this year. When do y'all do that? Uh, uh, early January. Early, uh, Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> Go down to the. Almost my no, I can't, well, so I can't have a water drop because my assistant coaches will then, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't show back up the next It'll day. Be so. you, exactly right. That's it, that's it. And that's funny when we go play a Mandeville tournament, you know, for the summer ball. You no, know, uh, New Orleans is just a half hour ride away, so I'm like, you, you fools better be back yeah, yeah, yeah. for the next morning's game. <laughs> but no, those guys are awesome. The fact that we had nine nine coaches coaching for free. Uh, there's no, I mean, we. It, it is it is it is three hundred fifty dollars for a returning player for the Cougars team, and it's five hundred bucks with the uniform for a new player. And I keep it low. Now they're responsible for all the travel and, and hotels, but I keep it low just right. to allow them to have an experience. Right, right. And I, we had players from from Baton Rouge coming over to play with us. We had players coming from Dallas to come down and play with us, from San Antonio, from Austin. It was uh, I had a I had a freshman goalie who stayed with his with his cousin in Houston so he could play summer ball with his cousin and, and on the Cougars team. It was oh, wow. it was it was awesome. That's cool. It was awesome. I think um, I think y'all have a trailer, right? Beller has a trailer. Beller has a trailer. Correct. Are you the only team with a trailer? Uh, uh, no, I thought Sienna had one before, but I don't remember. But um, you know, we it's def- a nice trailer. We definitely pull that around, and it's it's a marketing tool. I'm all about marketing, hence the social media, right? The big presence yeah, yeah, yeah. on there, and I'm like, yeah, let's bring our trailer to 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 games, and and we store all the stuff in there. But it's an awesome way to, to just to get our name out there. I think I ran into it at. First time uh, at Sevens one year. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was the first time Absolutely. I saw we pull, it, right? we definitely pull it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want everybody to know. <laughs> like you said, it's an awesome marketing it, tool, it, right? it definitely is. <laughs> and so, so then I asked, hey, can we get our, you know, can we get the website on there? And then, oh, what's well, going to cost us much. So let's get some fundraising for the website logo to be put on, or name to URL be put on there. So it's it's all about getting our name out. You know? uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Oh, man. It's already been over no, an hour, it's all I think, good. right? But what are the questions you got? What can I answer? I don't know, man. I think we covered everything. What I, am I missing? Uh, again, for us, lack of youth, lack of lack of feeder program, lack of youth program, lack of field space. That's our two biggest issues, and I really believe that's why you know suburb schools excel in all sports, not just lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, man, I love the idea though that y'all are out. That you and Volmer, mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like have teamed up, yeah. right? And you're out. Inside the loop, right, right, going out to these schools. I think uh, Kingwood earlier this week. I don't know if you saw Kingwood posted up some yep. stuff on their social media where they sounded like they were making the tour of the elementary schools, exactly right? Right. And there was some funny video of Platt out there with <laughs> with a bunch of <laughs> yeah, little kids, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's awesome as I'm doing this, right, to find you guys out here, mm-hmm. you know, pushing the sport down, not down to boys who are going to feed you. Mm-hmm. Right, pushing it out. Correct. Right into the yeah. community, yeah, yeah. into schools where, I mean, for frankly, everybody's going to benefit. Sure. Right. And, yeah. that, and that's part of you know my Cougars team. I'm coaching boys this summer that my Bel Air team will be playing against next season. You know, so well, why why are you coaching up the enemy? I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm building the sport. I'm yeah. building up players. And, and then you know we helped out Chavez High School last year. Chavez wants uh, wants a, wants a team. And they're off of uh, 45 South over there. And so Bel Air hosted the U of H and A&M Galveston lacrosse game last, last fall. We're going to do it again this year. And we used Chavez High School Field as a venue to try to bring the sport into that part of the city. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Do they have a team last they year? They don't. They don't. You know, Chavez That's wants a cool to start event, a team. Though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to publicize that. Absolutely. No, we did. We was all all <laughs> social media. We did. We sent it out. And if, you know what's cool? I, I do appreciate other clubs. Um, when I ask them, hey, can you publicize this? And they all posted posted out there. So I really appreciate them coming together and posting those kind of things to support each other. How did you get hooked in with Chavez? Um, one of my assistant coaches from, from Persian Cougars uh, was assistant principal at Madison High School. He knew the AD at Chavez, heard that Chavez wanted to start a, start a, a lacrosse team, connected me. I said, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we invite two college teams to play at your high school field and your, your, your students can come see the game? That's awesome. Yeah. Where, where is Chavez located? 45 South and Fuquay-ish, somewhere around there. Oh, so it's a little farther out than uh-huh. I thought. Yeah. So like, you know, Clear Lake's out that way, Friendswood's yeah. out that way. Those are some other folks yeah. that should get on the bandwagon there yeah, too, sure. right? Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Well, we've been at it for a while and it's, it's a, good. It's a school night, man. That's yeah, all good, man. That was good. That was I good. appreciate you coming out. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I, 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 you I really were running late and I felt bad. I was like, Man, I should have gone to him. No, no, this is perfect. This could have found uh, Platt. When I interviewed Platt, we yeah. ended up in a public library. I was like, yeah, I got to find a public library. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, this, this is perfect. Now, listen, anything to, to, to grow the sport and really to get these boys um, ready for the next level from a college perspective and a life perspective. I'm not talking about just to play the sport. I'm talking about just life in general. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about life lessons. Yeah, growing boys, right? Yeah. Not players. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 tell, I tell my players to... You're gonna be late for practice. You're gonna miss practice. You text me. You text the president, uh, the the player president, so we can record attendance. Um, we actually tie, so we get Letterman's jackets. So our players can get Letterman's jackets for lacrosse if they play varsity. It's a varsity sport, and a part of our, our requirement is a certain percentage of, of practice attendance. And so there's some guys who got knocked out of Letterman jacket contention because they missed practice. practice. But the point is, contact me. I don't want to hear from your parents yeah, because yeah. when you're in college. You're communicating with your teachers, your professors. You advocate for yourself with your professor. Yeah, and all teachers will help a kid who, more, who, uh, uh, that a kid who's, who's interested in their own, in furthering their own self and on, on, on education, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. For sure. That's my thing. All right. Let's get you out of here. It's all good. Uh, thanks. Thank thanks you, for sir. coming out. Thanks. Hopefully it wasn't uh, too crazy of a drive for uh, you. That's good. Go Cards.